Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Malaprops and Moxie. On today's episode, I have Tammy Goodman, who is an independent financial counselor. She and I started um, our relationship back when I needed some financial advice um, last summer, and I enjoyed working with her so much that I thought I have to bring her onto the podcast. So we spend this episode talking about trends that used to be um, pretty popular back in the day and now how money trends have shifted. Um, Things that were smart back then, but maybe not as smart now. Um, We talk about budgeting apps. We talk about best practices. um, Definitely talk about all the money that we tend to spend on groceries. And so I really hope that you walk away from this episode with something that um, either motivates you to uh, maybe get right with your money, or if you feel like you need someone like Tammy in your life, definitely give her her a shout. So thanks so much for listening and enjoy. Tammy, welcome to Malaprops and Moxie. Thank you. So glad to have you here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Will you please tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, So my name's Tammy Goodman, and I'm a financial planner. Um, I do financial planning in a different way than than the norm. I'm independent. I work for myself. I work actually in a spare bedroom in the upstairs of my house. (laughs) Um, And I love uh, working with clients on both a long-term basis and on a project basis to help with personal finances. And I think that there are so many financial um, people out there that give advice, and so many of them are so focused on the investment side Mm, of things. And I really love the day-to-day spending money decision part of things. So I, I love to have fun getting involved in all kinds of financial stuff. I love it. And so most of you already know this, but I have like put Tammy all over my Instagram because she and I worked together last summer and it was the best thing ever. Like we, so much so that I started calling us Tammy Taylor <laughs> in <laughs> honor of great. Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So, um, I guess, you know, one of the things that we have talked about is like you said, the everyday flow, right? So one of the things that I think like when we think about malaprops in real life, like when something maybe went one way or was supposed to go another is this theory of, what maybe my parents or your parents used to like, you know, dig into you of like, these are best money practices and this is what's good like for you to do with money now. Obviously that has changed and now we're in 2021. We've experienced like a few recessions and a lot of different things. So like, what do you think have been like those changes and what are the best practices overall or trends that you see as being changed now? Like how, what advice would you give to your kids, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, um, well, you, first of all, you bring up a really good point because a lot of our influence is what we've learned at home. Mm, yeah. I have a lot of clients who don't have a good financial background because it was a topic that wasn't discussed. So some mm. people don't even have a good starting point or have those little lessons learned or the bugs in their ear about, Oh, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think one thing that's common now is that when people are getting jobs and the ability to get jobs is, you know, obviously something that, um, you know, is ever changing and people switch jobs a lot now compared to 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah. And so like looking for a job and saving money along the way is so much more important now 
than if you were getting a job, say, in the 80s, where the advice from your parents might have been, get a job, get with one employer, make sure they have a good retirement plan and work there your whole life. And that doesn't work anymore. People don't do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I remember my parents, when I was little, actually bought a home and put their mortgage on a credit card, which is not allowed anymore. You can't even do that. So, you know, I think about things like that, where now for me as a product of that family, I am terrified of credit card debt because I saw my parents go through that. Right. So, you know, I think credit cards are way more prevalent now. They're still like the devil, I'm sure to a lot of people, but they can also be beneficial. Like, do you feel like there has been a shift in that world of, of credit, if you will? Yes. And so there, there are a couple of things about credit. First of all, I use a credit card and, and, Every month, my regular spending is on it, so I don't think credit cards are the (laughs) devil, but I think that they can really get out of control, and so many people have credit cards now compared to a generation ago, Mm -hmm. Um, and in fact, it it makes things easier now to buy things, and obviously, it's, it's easier to do things, and I was thinking about, you know, what are some things that are different from my childhood or teenage years compared to now, and I remember, do you remember when um, layaway was a thing? Yes. So you wanted At something. Kmart. At Kmart. Yes. Okay, well, I wasn't sure who, who knows about Kmart anymore. This is Kmart true. Yeah. It's in as, you know, whatever, the, the history of Kmart, but yeah. blue light special. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you'd go to Kmart and you'd want something and you'd stick it in the back room, you'd sign a contract and you'd you'd make payments yep. until you paid for something and then you took it home. Right. And if you sat, if you decided you didn't want it, you get your money back and then you cancel the contract and right. you know, however that worked. But there's such an immediate gratification right now. People just go buy whatever they want and sometimes they really don't have the money. Yeah. And that I think is really dangerous. Mm. Um, and so I think that using credit is wise if you can beat them at the game. Yeah. Um, I have a client who was really interested in different information on interest rates and what's the best credit card and you know, my advice was, if you don't have any credit card debt, who cares what the interest rate is? Mm. If you can pay If off, you're paying it off, right. If, if you're paying it off, I don't know what the credit card rate is on my main card that I use for everything because my intention is to, you know, be disciplined in my spending right. so that I don't go over. Um, but yeah, but one thing about credit cards that's wonderful is that usually the companies take the data and you can access their online tools and see your spending pattern. Mm. And you can see month over month, what's the total you've spent. And a lot of them have, you know, categories where you can know, well, this is how much I spent on transportation, or this is how much I spent on um, groceries Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever the category is. So that information is really insightful and it's really easy to get to, but a lot of people just don't um, prioritize looking at it. But that's yeah, they're one just thing like great. paying the bill and moving on to the next. Moving on to the next and not really thinking about it. I love what you said about who cares what the interest rate is if you're paying it down, right? Because if you if you're balancing out at zero every month because you've budgeted that, then yeah, it could be twenty four percent, but like. It's fine because you're not paying it. It didn't cost me anything. Right. Yeah. Making the payments on time and making, you know, paying them off in full means you've used it for free. Yeah. So it's like free money. And And you're getting the benefits of whatever perk it is, right? Right. Yeah. That's right. The convenience. And I love the rewards points. Mm -hmm. I stash mine away and I try not to use them until I need something really special. Do you have a favorite credit card? I have a credit card that is only my favorite because it is with... um, Bank of America, which is not where I do most of my banking, mm-hmm. but I love Bank of America's tool where mm-hmm. I can see 
the little pie charts and the little donut chart and yeah. I can see my spending <laughs> and I realize sometimes I spent way too much on my pets last month and yeah. you know those those types of things I think are um, visually appealing and yeah. insightful. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned groceries. Mm. This is, I know, a topic you were very passionate about. So I, I am passionate about groceries. <laughs> Tammy and I have talked a lot about the pandemic and, you know, she knows, you know, all my spending habits. Like you've seen my budget, you've seen my salary, you've seen my retirement, like you know all the things. Um, tell me your soapbox on groceries and then let's dive into into that whole topic. Well, I'm so glad you're giving me the opportunity to talk about this. So first of all, I'll say that I have an obsession with grocery shopping. And ever since I was a little girl, I would do grocery shopping. We'd go, I'd go with my dad and um, my dad was the breadwinner of the family, but he was responsible for the groceries, I guess, because he thought my mother would spend too much. Maybe, mm. maybe it was a budgeting financing yeah. or maybe it was just his hobby. But we would um, split up our groceries and buy certain things from the um, cheap store and then certain things from the you know, yeah. equivalent of, you know, maybe a Harris Teeter. Um, but people spend a lot of money on groceries. And I think it's the the biggest blind spot that people have in not knowing where their money's going. Mm. And I think, and, and I know that I fall into this category. So this isn't me saying, oh, everyone else isn't doing it well. But I sometimes think of Harris Teeter as a convenience store. And, yeah. you know, I can just pop right in and get this one thing. Oh, and then there are three other things that I want while I'm in there. Yeah. And it's just so convenient and it's such a great place to go. And I think that um, the amount of pe- the amount of money that people spend is sometimes very surprising. Mm. Um, and so I, um, I, first of all, I think it's important for people to have awareness of what they spend, yeah. but also like I try really hard in my own practice to have a plan and I make my meals, my meal planning for the week based on what's on sale. And I know the games that this particular thing that I want goes on sale every couple of weeks. So it's almost like I refuse to pay full price for it. Like it makes me really upset when I have to pay full price for Harris Teeter coffee. Yeah. Because I know every once in a while it's a buy two, get three free and then right. I load up. And, right. You know, it's so, um, anyway, not to bore everyone with my, my coffee stories, <laughs> but, um, but it is one of those areas where there is so much spending and I think this is true for all parts of, of little things in life. Your little things add up to big things. Yeah, so true. And, you know, I don't know if, if you have ever experienced know, knowing, oh, I've spent you know money on this one small thing. And then if you think about it in the aggregate, well, how much did you spend? Mm. And I, I think that's sometimes insightful. Um, yeah, I remember counting my grocery bills like when we were just at the stay-at-home order. And it's like... I don't know if I was trying to treat myself because I'm like, this sucks and we have to stay at home. And so like, I want to get anything that I want. And so it was like very indulgent shopping. And then there's other months where, okay, so I'm just going to like insert my personal experience. I don't eat meat or dairy. I'm like somewhat plant-based. And so I frequent three different grocery stores on a regular basis because I know where I get the cheapest tofu, but then I also know that like there's some vegan products at Whole Foods that I really like, you know, and so I tend to like do a run here, do a run there, do a run there. And then I like tally up my receipts and I'm like, what the heck? Like (laughs) I do not need, I, that was not the intention, but you're right. You pop in Trader Joe's and you see that new everything, but the bagel nut thing that they have now. And like, you know, all these different stuff and God, it just really, it does, it gets you. And then, 
And then you're like, okay, well now I've got to eat my way through my fridge <laughs> and my kitchen before I go back to the grocery store. Yeah. Well, and I'm really bad at Trader Joe's because their marketing is so good. So good. All they have to do is put like a penguin on the outside and I'm going to buy it. hundred percent. Whatever is on that package. That's cute. Or like a crew favorite. <laughs> and you're like, I have to, I have to get three. It's the favorite. Yep. It's the favorite. So it must be amazing. It must right. be something I have to have. Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting too about um, the pandemic and the things that changed. So personally, my groceries went up because we were buying a lot more beer and wine at the store yeah. because we weren't going oh, yeah. places. So that was that was an interesting thing. But um, I also think that it was boredom for, for a, mm-hmm. a few minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a period of time where the only thing anyone could do was go to the grocery store, scared to death with their mask on. Right. And so I think for some people who weren't doing curbside pickup and they were in the store, it was like an activity. Yeah, that is so, such a good point. Instead of being like an errand. So I think... I think that was a big part of it, but I know lots of people have saved tons of money not eating out Mm -hmm. with the pandemic, and one area, um, I don't know, do you eat out lunch every day when you're working? Mm -mm. I know a lot of people have realized that that was their habit, that Mm. they would, you know, oh, all of a sudden, two months into the pandemic, they realize they've got all this money because they're not running out to pick up lunch every day. Grab a sandwich, grab Chipotle, grab whatever. Yeah, and oh. and that food is good, but it adds up, mm-hmm. and in aggregate, it ends up being a lot of money, which is fine if that's your priority. But my thing was coffee. When I started making coffee at home every single day, I realized that I do spend money on coffee because I work remotely, and I did before COVID hit. So finding yourself at a coffee shop is very not, um, or it's not abnormal. And so then I was like, oh, I was buying a lot of Americanos. <laughs> And now I'm not. <laughs> well, do you have a fancy coffee machine at home? Or I you- do. Okay. I do. So I have an espresso that I can make espresso drinks, which I usually make espresso mules. Uh-huh. I copy the not just coffee espresso mule. Sorry, guys. I'm actually drinking one right now, so I'm not sorry because I just gave them money. But I make my own espresso mules. Um, and then I have a pour over is typically my my weapon of choice when it comes to drip coffee. That is nice. Yeah. Good. So, But... It's either here nor there. I think for me, not eating out was my way of rationalizing how to maybe like splurge a little bit more at the grocery store, which is not the right mentality to have. So like, what advice would you give people who are trying to shift maybe funds from one category to the next? Like, let's say you're working with a client and they're like, all right, I need to stop spending money on clothes. And then it's like, but how do you figure out like where that extra money goes? And like, I'm sure it depends on each person, but I don't know. Does, does that make sense? What yeah. I'm asking? Yeah. I think, I, I think the root of it is what is a mindful way to spend that money? Like mm-hmm. usually if you're going to spend less on something, you're making a decision that you either think that you have historically spent too much there, or you have a goal that is better suited for you. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with spending a lot of money on clothes. Sure. If that's what makes you happy. Yeah. But if you overspend all your money and you don't have any left over, then that's when it doesn't make sense. Mm. You know, you might need to cut things back. But I would, you know, I think that people's spending should be aligned with their priorities. Mm. If you like having wine with your girlfriends, then spend money on wine at Harris Teeter and have that be part of your amount that you pay. Like there's nothing wrong with that if that's what makes you happy. But sometimes when people realize that they've been stretched thin or that they um, have maxed out on different things, it's just a matter of like reining it in mm-hmm. and putting money mindfully to where that should go. Yeah. So when you, 
I guess as you work with different people, I know I, I use, um, YNAB is my budget app, but are there budget apps out there that you really like that you would recommend for people to use? And like, why do you like them? So you love YNAB. I do. Um, (laughs) and I know that you did really well with it. I'm so old fashioned that I tend to really try to get people to think about this just in Excel or what can you write on the back of a napkin? The spreadsheet, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Very boring. Um, Very, very old fashioned. But, you know, because I think sometimes it's more, you know, the, the preference that I have on budgeting is more like set an amount of your spending and just make sure that you're mindful that you're not going to go over it. Yeah. But if you do go over it, take a look back and review where did you overspend? Yeah. So I feel less... I, I feel like um, it's more restrictive if people have specific categories that they have to stick with Yeah. than just knowing, mm. okay, I'm going to shop a lot more this time Yeah. and I'm going to maybe go out to eat less because yes. that's going to make up for it, but not, oh, I'm not allowed to spend more on shopping. Yes, because YNAB and every dollar and mint, like a lot of those are every dollar gets a job, right? You kind of what you were just describing, like I have a limit and I can't go over that limit. Whereas I remember when we were working together, you're like, let's try the umbrella approach. Like let's bucket these. And so you're like, let's have four buckets and all these different things fall under the bucket. And then that way you have room to ebb and flow, which I actually really appreciated because I am not a person who's like that attention to detail. Like I'm, I'm not going to even though I have YNAB and I have for like, I think two years now, I definitely don't operate on every dollar gets a job. Like I'll assign money, but I don't follow it down to like the last penny. So having that freedom to like know that, okay, my social umbrella is at X amount of dollars and knowing that like, oh, this, this time I actually went to more coffee shops and I did bars or whatever, you know, it's, it is nice to have that freedom. Yeah. And I think it's different for every personality. If something is too hard and you're not going to do it, mm. then it's not going to be a success. Right. So Don't force yourself, right? Yeah, like set yourself up for success by doing something that isn't going to be so daunting that you hate doing it or don't, you know, avoid doing it. Yeah. You know, because the idea is to get better and yeah. to actually do something positive, not not set up all of these rules that are going to make you feel like you failed if yeah. you went over in a certain category. Yeah. I love the buckets. I love buckets. The buckets. <laughs> I need to come up with a fancier word for buckets, but I think of yeah. retirement buckets and tax buckets and spending buckets and it's like a whole bucket of mess. I love it. There's a hole in the, you remember that song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely don't want a hole in your bucket. That's right. When it comes to money. Oh, I love that. Oh, I should put that on my, uh, that should be your theme yeah, song that, when People go to your website, it starts like playing. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I guess, yeah, let's talk about your, you you know, you just talked about like taxes and retirement. Like what services, I know you mentioned it in the beginning when you're telling about who you are, but like what services do you offer? What do you, is there one area that you love working with the most? You know, like I know you're an expert in all things because at least you've impressed me (laughs) when when we've been working together. I don't know about that, but thank you for saying that. Yeah. So like if somebody needed to come to you, like what, what do you offer? Yes. Well, so it's interesting because I offer a lot of different ways of doing financial planning to a lot of different people. Mm. So my career expertise, I I have um, spent most of my years of my career doing executive compensation and benefits Mm -hmm. and equity awards and stock options and RSUs. And I can talk about that until I'm blue in the face. So there's one part of me that um, loves taking that technical expertise and now delivering help to people's you know, on the personal finance side, as opposed to 
on the, hey, I know all of this technical jargon about this stuff you're getting. Um, So on one angle, I love that. Um, And then I also really love talking about a lot of this day-to-day stuff. Mm -hmm. So I serve clients in a number of ways. For some clients who want investment management, you know, if they have an IRA or if they have lots of 401ks that need to be, you know, organized and Mm -hmm. consolidated, I'll work with them on that. Uh, But a lot of the clients that I work with, it's more project-based financial planning. Okay where we work together and work through whatever the situation is. It's not rigid. There's a lot of flow. It's very personalized. Um, People who are at different ages and stages of their career have different needs. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I do have a very, um, a personalized approach based on whatever's going on. Like someone who's 30 years old with, you know, a couple of years in the workforce has different issues than someone who's in their fifties and has had years of savings and, and different types of things. Um, but I, I will say that a lot of the financial planners that are, um, that are in town are, um, great and they're really focused on the investment side of things. And so I really like to, um, create a safe place for people if they don't have a lot invested that they can still get help on a lot of their financial decisions. Yeah without it being all about, you know, what's in your account. You know, it doesn't always have to be about what's in your account. Right. Because if you're not managing your day-to-day stuff well, you're not putting money in your account. Right, and exactly. So I, it, it starts kind of sooner than um, being at the point where you have a lot to invest. Man, I mean, that's me. Like, that was me. I'm definitely not dabbling in the stocks, per se. But it, I wish I would have found you earlier in my life. And I'm sure you hear that from so many people. Like, if anyone is listening to my voice right now and you are like in your 20s, call a Tammy, like find a Tammy, call Tammy actually because she does virtual visits. But like, I just think you gave me so much value in two months that I definitely feel like I could have set myself up for even more success earlier on had I had someone like you who told me like, it's okay to have this salary. It's okay to have this bank account. It's okay. You know what I mean? Like you were just so affirming of the decisions I had already made and, but also motivating me to like know that there's like better opportunities out there for, for me and my money, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I think that money can bring a lot of shame. And so I just, you were so great about not shaming me of anything. Like I'm pretty sure I overdrafted one of my accounts, like while I was working with you or right after. And you're like, that's okay. It happens. And I'm like, you're right. But I was stupid. Like, why did I? That, that's what I get for paying my credit card down to zero. I was like, whoopsies. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just money is such a like touchy subject. So it's great that you, you know, you can go from diving into the day to day to like even the high level stuff of yeah. retirement and investments and all that fun stuff. Well, and, and finances are overwhelming. Yeah. Not everyone likes math. Yeah. Not everyone likes to make sure they know how it's working. Like a lot of people just have a, you know, head in the sand approach to yeah. a lot of things. And, and I mean, I, th- I think that's more common than not actually. Yeah. Well, but I do think like one area that is, um, that I love working on is helping people understand what their comp and benefits package is like at their job. Yes. And, you know, because that's like gibberish to some people when it is <laughs> or they don't even read it, you know, or that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> like you have probably had, um, you know, several years in a row where you get your open enrollment and you think about things and you just gloss over it. Right. Because you remember thinking about it the year before. Right. And, 
you know, sometimes it's good just to make sure you aren't like missing anything, you know, new. Really or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or being reflective on like how the last year has gone. Cause if you're right, if you, if you have a, a change or, you know, I don't know, something that happened to where you maybe can be a little bit more aggressive in your, you know, investment, or maybe you can't afford a high PP, whatever it's called, high PPO, high High deductible. High deductible. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> look at me. I really know my stuff. You're doing it good. <laughs> I know what you mean. And that's but you what know matters. what I mean. Yeah. Like I know every year I'm like, wait, what did I have? How, what <laughs> what can I afford? What's this going to look like for me when I go to the doctor? So yeah, it's so true. Well, and companies are constantly changing their benefit plans. Yeah. And so sometimes that annual decision making period just comes and goes, and it feels very routine. But there yeah. could be a lot of you know factors that adjustments. Have yeah. Okay. So on that note, like what, this is going to be a lot. So feel free to like go as far as, you know, close as you want. Um, new trends that you see happening in money in the world of money or finance or budgeting. And then, um, any advice you would give people that are listening as far as like the world of money? Yeah. So that's a, that's a very, I know it's a lot. Sorry. Broad question. Okay. What do we, what do we do here? We can, we can tackle one at a time. Um, I would say trend wise, um, I think using credit cards and using electronic payments, obviously that's a trend for some people listening. It might be, Oh, what do you mean? That's a trend. That's how it's always been. That's true. Um, but you know, I, I feel like the, quickness and the ease of all the electronic payments, it's kind of a disservice to people. Yeah. You know, I'm sure most people don't get their bank statements in paper. They don't come in the mail. And, you know, it's, it's, um, the trend is actually, I think a negative trend that what has become so, you know, such a convenience, um, has caused people not to pay as close attention as they used to. Yeah. I remember the days of balancing the checkbook and you got your pencil and your calculator and you check things off. Yep. you were aware of things. And, and I think that, um, because everything is so easy and, um, one trend is monthly payments. Mostly everything can be somehow figured out. Yeah. <laughs> just auto, auto draft, auto, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have, you know, the advice that I have is to make sure, um, you know, are you aware of everything that you have on autopilot? Yeah. Because time could go on and you could be paying for a lot of stuff that you don't need, or it's right. not creating value for you. So, um, I would say that's a trend that I feel like I'm dwelling on the negative part of it. Um, but it's, I think it's good to think about cause you're right. Like, you know, if there's somebody listening, who's in their twenties, like gone are the days of writing checks. They probably never even had to do that. Right. Like, what's so, a checkbook? right. Like <laughs> I've always had auto payment. What, you know what I mean? Right. PayPal, Venmo, like it just, everything's Zelle, like through the phone and all that. So, yeah. And so, but I, I would say the opportunity there is to use, whatever your money system is, and we all have our own money system, whether you put everything on a credit card or if you put everything, you know, on you swipe your debit card for everything, whatever it is, I think it's a great idea to take advantage of the tools that are there so yeah. that you can track it and see what's going on and pay attention and, yeah. and just have awareness. Like it's being diligent about your finances isn't about always being restrictive as much as it is just knowing what's coming in and what's going out. And, yeah. you know, obviously the biggest advice, fundamental advice, very old fashioned is, don't have more going out than is coming in Mm. and avoiding credit card debt and being afraid of credit card debt. That is a great fear (laughs) because it's just really hard to get out from under debt. Mm -hmm. And so if you can do what you can not to get into debt, then it's not only being debt free is, is a, is a feeling of freedom that not a lot of people can experience, 
But not only that, not only being debt-free and being able to live in a debt-free manner, um, but the other part that's important is the less you're spending, the more you can save. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're young, you have the, the power of time and mm-hmm. compounded growth. And there's just so much opportunity for your money to make money and yeah. become more money and, yeah. you know, go lo- go long, go long-term on this. But, you yeah. um, you know, if you don't have money left over to save, then you don't have that much that can go to work for you. So yeah. it's all a puzzle. So I have two things that I, that came to mind. So normally I don't give advice at the end, but because I feel like I've worked with you and you've taught me so many things, I want to add to that. One thing is with the, um, knowing what you're spending and like the trend of just automation. One of the benefits that I do like about having an app that manages my budget is that it syncs with my credit card and my bank card. So every single transaction that I'm making, I'm getting a notification and I'm seeing it, right? I know that that is something that you can insert into a spreadsheet as well. So, but for me, I, I decided a long time ago that instead of when I got into bed, instead of looking at Instagram, I was opening my YNAB app and I would go through my transactions. And so every night I was reminded of the swipes that I had done that day. Right. And so it was a great way to kind of like see and be reminded of what was, and even automated payments too were coming through, like my Huga membership or whatever. Um, so if there's anyone out there that uses any app, I highly recommend that you find a time daily or at least weekly where you're like looking at those transactions so that you're reminded of, oh, I went to not just coffee four times this week. Like maybe I need to pump the brakes and just bag a, buy a bag of beans from Enderly or whatever. <laughs> um, and then the second thing, is I'm 36 and just met with you for the first time. And you're the the first financial person I've ever met with at 35. Yeah, I was 35. Wow. I've aged so much. (laughs) Just kidding. You look Um, great. (laughs) Yes. But I will say, so I was in Florida last week on vacation and I was at my mom's house and my grandmother had come by to say hello. And she lives in a, you know, assisted living slash like independent senior type of place. So she's definitely like being looked after, but still very much independent. So my grandma's sitting over here on a chair, like kind of dozing in and out. Cause she's just like tired and old and I love her. My mom is like recovering from surgery. And so she's kind of like chilling out on the couch. And my sister was also with me and her daughter was there like little two year old, you know, L and, and then there was me and it was like this moment, I don't know what happened or if this is just something that happens in your thirties, but a light bulb went off and I was like, like G mommy has mom, mom has us, Sarah has L, I have me. Right. So as a person who doesn't have kids and I don't know if I will ever start a family, but like knowing how important it is to like look out for your future self financially. I was just like, man, I wish I would have taken this a lot more seriously. My mother, my uncle, like so many people told me as a young person, even when I was in college, like start saving, start saving, start saving. And when you're 20 something years old, you're like, I got plenty of time. Put that off. (laughs) Literally though. And then you blink your eyes and you're 30 something and you know, you have to be more aggressive. So I guess my advice to those of you listening who are my age or younger freaking, I'm going to say shit or get off the pot, like start doing something, whatever that looks like, even if it's just a savings account or whatever, like, I mean, obviously retirement or some sort of investment is good because it builds, but, um, yeah, just don't wait. So 
Anyways, thanks for putting a fire under me last year. It's <laughs> <That was> good. <laughs> You're actually making me do something. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got it all worked out. Yes. You and I have it worked yeah, out. Yeah, I feel like I, I've learned so much. I'm still learning. And we're about to meet again soon. So I'm really excited about that as well. Yay. <laughs> all right. I'm going to leave us with a, well, actually, first, do you want to tell the folks like where they could find you if they're interested in learning about your services? Oh, or? sure. Okay. So I have I have a website. Um, the name of my company is Tammy Goodman Financial, which I know is not very creative, <laughs> um, but I'm a very that should should indicate I'm a very left brain person. Yes. So hopefully that means I'm you know the good qualification as a financial person. Um, but my website's TammyGoodmanFinancial.com. I do have a um, uh, ability to contact me through that, um, to set up time for a, a conversation. I'd like to talk to people in person and understand what it is or not in person, but, um, over the phone to understand what they need and whether it's something that I can provide and everything's so personalized and customized that it's not that I have like certain packages or anything, sure. but, you know, we work on, um, whether what I can provide would make any sense. And you do like independent single people, couples, like you can do all of that. Yes. Perfect. I do. Give her a call. I love it. Thanks for the plug. Of course. I mean, you're, I'm your biggest fan. So. Oh, I'm your biggest fan. I love it. Tammy Taylor. Okay. Malaprop of the day is, I'm going to try to put it in a sentence. Um, when I started on this like financial reboot last year, I knew that calling you was going to be something that would be really good for me. And I knew I was about to embody on a great financial adventure. <laughs> you were waiting for it, weren't you? And embark. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I was telling her, I was like trying to find something financial, but I think that was good, I right? I think that was really good. Yeah. I think, your, um, I think your switch on the numbers earlier was better. Oh my gosh. I know. I called 485, 475. Yeah, I like that. Because I don't know where I live, apparently. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, Tammy, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Everyone go save your money and don't, well, no, don't say, well, save and don't go crazy on spending, but also like spend it on things that you prioritize and enjoy, right? Yes. Save, spend wisely and be smart. I love it. All right. See you guys. See you. This episode of Malaprops and Moxie was recorded at the Huga Coworking Podcast Studio. You can find them online at wearehuga.com, and that's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. The music was recorded and produced by Young Citizen. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to subscribe and write a review.